Hello and welcome to episode 72 of Shoulder to Shoulder Podcast, telling stories from the LAFC community match by match, fan by fan, story by story. We are so privileged in this post-derby episode to be joined by both Celia and Joe Ward-Wallace of South LA Cafe. Thank you guys so much for joining us today. Thanks for having us. We're excited. For those of you not familiar with South LA Cafe and their charitable works, we will dive into their story here and hear all about what they are doing to help support the black and gold community. First and foremost, though, folks, thank you so much for joining us on the show tonight. Boys, good to see you. Been a while. Happy to be back. Yeah, absolutely. It's great to be back, man. And uh, thank you again for both of you guys for jumping on with us. You know, the work you guys do in the community is amazing. We wanted to make sure that the black and gold community knew your guys' story, and, and that's why we're here. We're here to always try and tell this, the fabrics of LAFC and why people are fans of this amazing club. Likewise, and I'm excited to hear. My wife actually grew up in that neighborhood near Arlington, King, and Western, so I wow. know that she's excited about you guys being there. Her parents still live there, so sharing this story beyond the LAFC community, uh, more of that South LA community and what you guys are doing for the community there is something that I'm looking forward to listening to. But before we get into the interview with South LA Cafe, guys, we had a couple of games. Let's recap real fast. And uh, we also had the announcement of the playoff status for the club. So I think since the last time we recorded, we had a game before the Galaxy match too. I don't remember that game right now. Uh, (laughs) Because, you know, top of mind is the Derby. For me, right, right. Of course, Derby was the was the big one. But so uh, we saw Vela come back. That was great. He had a nice goal too. Masovsky coming in clutch with these goals, dude. Tristan Blackman back, getting some time out there. You know, I think just the ability for them to acclimate back into the team and get as many minutes as they did. It's nice to see a lot of our international players returning, though we will be losing a couple of them throughout the portions of the playoffs. I mean. Look, throughout the course of this crazy season, once we got out of the MLS's back bubble, there was one goal in those remaining games. Make the playoffs. You know, obviously, try and keep health and safety first and foremost. And the big news this week that one of our players has tested positive for COVID certainly weighs heavily on us all at the moment as well, too. But the big news outside of health and safety is, of course, job done. Playoff ticket punched. It'd be nice to get some of those games to be home games. But, you know, currently with the bubble and no fans there, that home field advantage is somewhat mitigated. I'm not too concerned about them going on the road, but job well done, boys. I was just going to touch on how the previous matches we had the Eric Duenas appearance, which was the third youngest in MLS history, and also uh, Christian Torres' goal, which was his first goal from an academy player. And uh, he had his first start in the Vancouver match on the 14th. Yeah, no, and I was going to say the same thing. Like, we nicked the point from Portland, which is huge. Huge. Their home form has been great. And that's without uh, our international players, without Bella, without Blackman. So being able to, to do that and get experience in our midfield and our young players was fantastic. It led into the Derby, which uh, we were successful in beating the, the Galaxy. And then after that, it was a Houston game, which is when we clinched the playoff spot with a 2-0 victory over them. So all in all, I think it's a, been a good three-game run. Although, if you listen to Bob after the Houston match... He was not happy with the effort, with the concentration, giving up the goal 20 seconds into the second half in the Houston match. He was not pleased in that presser. And uh, I like that because he's lighting a fire under the team, leading into these last two matches against San Jose on the first and the last match against Portland as well. Speaking about the match against San Jose, for any of those that have YouTube TV, stay on for the post-game because our own Christian Aparicio is going to be on the post-game uh, press conference with Mark Rogandino. Rep us well, buddy. Totally. Now, uh, we're looking forward to it. Uh, you know, The LAFC club, the production, is doing a really good job, I think, of featuring the pod fam. Uh, we've seen the defenders on their FCFC. We've give, been given the opportunity to participate, and you know, I'm going to do, do us well, represent us well, make sure I take copious notes to make sure that I bring up all the points, and also feature some of the recent uh, interviews that we've had to make sure that everyone's aware of us being a platform for any of the LAFC stories to be told, just another forum for them to be able to do that. So, you know, make sure you follow us at LAFC S2S on Twitter, Instagram, LAFC S2S.com, and I'll make sure to uh, shout us out on the broadcast. 
I mean, I think just wrapping up those past few games, we saw here some amazing things, right? We have a 16-year-old that's scoring as many goals as Chicharito. We have <laughs> we have a game in which uh, we thoroughly spanked our Carson neighbors to the point where their franchise is falling apart. They don't know if they're going to be able to bring back their star player. Their star player wasn't even in the lineup for that day. And of course, with the news uh, today at the time of recording that GBS is going to be fired as their head coach. So it's kind of nice to see everything falling apart down there. I think that's definitely something that, that we can hang ourselves on. And of course, you know, look, LA's become the city of champions this year, right? Our Lakers have done it for us in the purple and gold. Our Dodgers have done it for us in the blue, white, and red. Um, you know, hopefully black and gold gets to complete that trifecta. I think it's been some really bright points in what has been an otherwise very dark year. But there are some people out there in the community right now who are helping shine a little bit of light on our community. And that's exactly why we want to go ahead and transition this into our interview with Celia and Jill Ward-Wallace from South LA Cafe. Thank you guys for joining us. Why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about your backstory? How did you get into the restauranting world? How did you get into charitable efforts in the world of LAFC? How did these all come together? Where do, where do you want to begin, babe? You know, you know, I'll let you start. You know how we do it. <laughs> to the, well, for in. those who are tuning in and learning about us for the first time, I'm Celia Ward-Wallace and, and, and this is Joe. And we tend to, whenever we do interviews or anything with media, Joe likes for me to take the lead and then he jumps in whenever he feels excited about something I'm saying. So, <laughs> And then she cuts me off and says, you're going too long, but I'll try to keep it short. Uh, he gets very excited about certain very interesting things to him. Getting us back on track, I should say, well, we've been together for 23 years. We met in 1997, you know, those good 90s, all that good music from back then. Yes. And uh, we fell in love pretty quickly. We became serial entrepreneurs. We always, for the last 20 plus years, have been it's doing one sort of, sort of, we call it like a side hustle, you know, a side hustle. And then I transitioned into full-time entrepreneurship about 10 years ago, and Joe was a firefighter with LAFD. And so he's been sort of holding down the, you know, safe city paycheck and <laughs> solid job as I was building my own coaching and consulting practice, specifically working on social entrepreneurship. So this intersection between social justice or social action work, as well as purpose-driven mission-led business. And together, we've just been doing that um, as well as community leadership uh, on our own block here in South Central LA for all those years. But tell, yeah. tell them about yeah, your, we, your background growing up in the neighborhood, though. I grew up here. Um, you know, I've been here all my life. I grew up in the, uh, I guess, the 20s, they would say, which is now... Not it, in the 20s, not 19. Not 19. <laughs> you have aged gracefully, sir. That's impressive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, 20 yeah. streets, like 20 yeah. to 29. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. When, yeah. He, when, he, I met him, when, I, when, I, when I met him in 97, he Christian. was just a 77-year-old young man. <laughs> Christian knows the part. And so that, that was my younger years. And that, I mean, you know that neighborhood now has completely changed. Yep. And then all the way from that part all the way up to, you know, Century through those parts. Because my mom was a single mom and she, you know, we moved a lot. But I, I grew up in all parts of, of South Central, South L.A., People talk about South Central and how they, you know, it's sold this and sold that. I don't want to feed into that anymore. But I didn't realize that I was poor <laughs> until I went to high school. That's how much I enjoyed my my childhood. You know, you can say all the stuff that was going on and crazy for for outsiders, but my mom managed to make it make it good for us. You know, um, and you only realized he was poor because he got bust out of the inner city, which is a, a typical, whole other conversation, a typical yeah. story of, you know, supposing to try to get out of your neighborhood to have better opportunity. But a lot of times you go outside your neighborhood and you realize how great your actual neighborhood is. Really, right? I really was. So yeah. anyway, let so, me guess. You came out to the valley. I came, <laughs> out, to, came out to the valley. Mm -hmm. It was it was a good idea on paper. You know, great idea on paper. Just uh, it, the reality of it, you were taking, you know, some of the cream of the crop out of neighborhoods that probably needed the cream of the crop to stay there to cultivate and be better neighborhoods. But when you take it all away, what are you leaving behind? Right. You know, 
So it was a, it was a, an experiment that went went a little left, but that's okay. And, yeah. and my parents are right. full-time community organizers. So our sort of intersection that brought us together is Joe's mom was an entrepreneur, but also Christian evangelist. And so he really had that entrepreneurial heart and that faith that is necessary uh, to have a business, right? And to believe, to follow your purpose. And on my end, my parents dedicated their lives to community action and service and social justice work still to this day in their seventies. They're both full-time organizers and run their own nonprofit organization, the, the Labor Community Strategy Center. So I grew up in South Central going so to demonstrations. <laughs> we both were very poor. We were both welfare babies and had a heart for service. And so our baby now, our South LA Cafe and Market is really the physical embodiment and manifestation of all of, of, all of these different influences in our lives um, that has now allowed uh, allowed us to create like a crown jewel right in the middle of South Central and in, in a neighborhood right at you know the intersection of King and Western where people historically would say you know oh that's a undesirable neighborhood or that's a low income neighborhood or that's a black and brown neighborhood. And now, you know, just naysayers, you know, you know, know naysayers are, they just, we, they did, we, I heard all of it. We were putting this together. I was in here and, you know, digging up the dirt and, and tearing out walls and people were going, man, you're crazy. You know, no, there's no business that's successful that has been successful on this corner. And I just said to them, I said, you just, you know, it just gave me more energy. I was like, you, you just wait and see, because I saw what was happening to our neighborhood. I saw that, you know, gentrification was coming. Yeah. And I wanted to, because I, I, I love coffee, so I went to coffee shops, but they weren't in this neighborhood. Mm-hmm. So I said to myself, I'm going to have one here. We're going to have one here that the community is going to feel comfortable in. You know what I mean? It's no matter what, they're going to feel comfortable in our place. Yeah, totally. And, I, I can attest to what you're saying, too, because, you know, I met my wife over a decade ago and her family yeah. still lives there. And it's changed. Her neighbors have changed. The neighborhood is changing. But, you know, it's working class people and also people that just can't afford the West Side. That's why they're kind of trickling in to South Central or South L.A., yeah. right? right. Um, and, you know, they might they mean well, but. Things are changing, and I think it's losing a little bit of a flavor. And I think you guys are bringing two worlds together, too, right? Yes, that, that's what I was getting to. When I say it, well, I was building it for this community, I was building it for this community to remind our community that that we, we're okay, <laughs> you know, that we can walk into nice places and, and, and be comfortable. But it was also, like you said, the, the community that's there, bring them so that we can have the conversations, mm-hmm. You know, and they're and they were they are when we had this place open and cracking before uh, COVID, they were all in here. It was just it was a beautiful thing to just see the the mixture of this community right here amongst each other. It's amazing to watch. I think, like she said, I can get long winded. Well, and I think just on that point, one of the things to think about is historically, you know, you go back a hundred years ago. South Central and where the stadium is was a predominantly all white neighborhood. And then, you know, as you go into the 1920s, 1930s, 1950s, there was the great migration of African-American people and and great working uh, middle class working jobs. And, you know, this whole beautiful blossoming of the black community here in South Central. Um, And then over the years, for all different social issues that we all are familiar with, you know, um, over-policing and drugs and all that kind of stuff, that the community has had some disinvestment and destruction come to it. And so those of us who have sort of been here through it all know and love it like any neighborhood you live in, right? Anywhere you live, you know, it has, you know, you know, Louie on the corner, (laughs) you know, drinks too much and, you know, likes to yell. He's okay, but he just gets a little drunk. Um, you know, or the kids, the kids on the corner, you know, was good until he got an opioids and now, you right, know, you right. got to watch out for him or whatever. Right. So we, we know and love our community. And what I wanted to say though, is that just like LAFC has built this big, beautiful stadium in the community, they're not just in the community. They're working hard to be With of, to be of the community, so right. Of the community. It. And so for the New folks who are moving into South Central or South LA, it is different. It is complex. 
uh, people have a lot of different feelings about it. But one thing that South LA Cafe has been is the place where they come. And then when they're here, we try to talk to them, uh, especially myself. I'm a white woman who grew up in a community of color my entire life. So there's no one better than me to try to talk to people about what it means to be of the community, to truly be a part of the community. And so that's part of the complexity of where we work, where we live, um, and what's going on in the community that, you know, the fans that are listening in should be aware of and care about and probably can resonate with is, you know, we all live together. We all are a part of one big community, yet we are different. And there's amazing cultural differences and things that we should appreciate and acknowledge and get to know about each other. And that's one of the things that the cafe, it was, it was created to be centered on black and brown people that are local residents that have been here, but it is also ethnically inclusive and welcoming to all people. And, and that's been what's made, made it a success, I think. So you obviously have community and community work in both of your blood. This has been part of your lives since you were little. So describe perhaps prior to the South LA Cafe venture, what were some of the works y'all were doing in the community prior to this venture? I, shoot, I can, I can answer that start off. <laughs> the, first, the, the number one thing is I like things clean. So I used to just do cleanups in the neighborhood. I mean, I organized before it became, you know, super popular, you know, all these beach cleanups and stuff that they're they're doing. We organized neighborhood cleanups. It was a beautiful thing to watch. I mean, we would go from from Vernon. We'd do a big square, Vernon, Normandy, down the King, back to Western, back to Vernon again, and sweep the whole neighborhood in between. And um, the, the way we'd organize it, we'd have, we'd go door to door, you know, the, the couple of days before with flyers, letting people know we're going to meet. Do we meet in front of our house? Yeah. yeah, I think we met in front of our house a lot. And we, you know, we'd have coffee for everyone. We'd have all the gloves and the brooms and we would do cleanups. And you go. And the music. And the music playing. And you say, dang, that's, that, that's not that big of a deal. But. But it actually, you could see the pride of people cleaning their neighborhood. Sweat and, equity. Yes, yeah. it was It was amazing. It was just like they felt good. And I, and I tell you, you know, a day later, you know, it was paper rolled back all <laughs> over again. But the fact that we did it, that, that one Saturday morning would be, would, so that was our, that was yeah. my biggest uh, organizing. I think also... You were like, even to this day, we're very much focused on building micro local community and economy. A lot of, I feel like our path and purpose in life is creating models that we can create essentially practice beta testing in our own community and find winning models that then we can develop and expand that then we can pass along to others as well as people across the country and other communities that have similar issues and that they're trying to figure out what to do about how to create this tight-knit web of the richness of the multicultural environment they have, as well as create opportunities for economic advancement, whether that's through job creation or through business development. So that's a lot of what we do now, but what we always did before was all rooted in community building uh, because, you know, more property with that in mind, we are homeowners. We also bought some income properties as they call it, but mainly to provide low income, a nice, beautiful, low income housing options to people in the community. But in addition to that, Joe's, Joe's the mayor of the block, you know, right now, if you come to South LA cafe, now Joe's the mayor of South central basically. Um, But before that, before that he was the mayor, of our block and what people now now that he has more visibility on all the great things about him you know what people you know find very quickly and know a love about him is you know his heart is in the right place he does it for the people he has the biggest work ethic he'll be the first person here the last person to leave he'll work seven days a week if he has to he transforms you know houseless people into employees uh, he helps people with their batteries breaking down. The woman that comes and steals the masks from us that's houseless and is trying to take them to go sell them, 
he'll track her down and take those masks back, but instead give her a bag of food, you know? And so a lot of what we've really stood for is you don't have to turn to the police. You don't have to criminalize or marginalize the people in your community. You can lead with compassion. You can lead with leadership and you you can think of outside of the box solutions, right? And so that's what we've tried to do is, you know, how do we create this rich web where people feel a part of something and feel like, you know, like your community that we're getting to be a part of the LAFC community, right? People feel a part of something that means something to them. And then you guys have to figure out, well, what is that culture about? And what do we stand for? And we stand for, you know, highlighting great people, leaders in the community. So we're going to, you know, work on highlighting that where like for us, you know, we stand for the people and we stand for South Central and we want people to feel proud about where they come from and part of something. And so when we created our vision, people listening in can't see us right now, but if you go to our website or you come to the cafe, you can see a big part of what we offer is our brand. And, you know, we've we've created a very quickly growing brand. Uh, and part of that was the strategy behind calling it South LA Cafe, which is something that Honestly, we've come up against as potentially controversial because for those who are, who are from this neighborhood, we know it and we know and love it as South Central. Yeah, South Central. Um, and so if you're like an OG from the hood, you're like, I don't, I don't like South LA. I like South Central. Right. And so we've had people challenge us like, you know, I thought you're from South Central. You know, why are you calling it South LA? Um, well, the honest, yeah, and, <laughs> and, and without getting into a longer explanation, part of what I try and explain to them is, first of all, it sounds, it's, it rhymes. It's a you nice ring. You know, South, Sorry, LA, South, LA, Cafe. South LA Cafe. And if you see our branding, it's bold and right in your face. And it says South LA right away. And, and we are the first people to always be talking about South Central. Right. So we never doubt that people know that we are talking about South Central. But to us, what we wanted to do was reclaim, right, reclaim the acronym and the names for our community and, and put it out there forward and make it cool and make it something that people want to claim. Be. So people walk in and they're like, I want that hat, you know, yeah, I, want South that, LA hat. I want that hoodie, you know, yes. um, we put the South LA super big and bold and <laughs> black and white print. And then we put the cafe really tiny, you know, because it's like you guys are wearing all those LA hats. People, we can't, we can't keep these in stock. Yeah. The South LA hats. And, and, we but can't it, keep them in stock. But and I call them the South LA hats because we know we're a cafe, we know we're a business, we know we're a community right, center. Right. But at the end of the day, what we're essentially selling, right, is how to be a part of something, something. how to be a part of a community. And whether you're old school and you've been here, you know, and you call it South Central or whether you're new to the community and you're like, I don't know what I should call it. And what, what you know, is it OK to say, you know, you come on down here to South LA Cafe and Joe and I will hang out with you and our and our staff and our community members and we'll chat with you for 15, 20, 30 minutes, an hour sometimes, and go through every single scenario and talk about your life and help you figure out exactly how you will be a part, a greater part of our well, community. Because and know. just to say this last little bit, because right now we all know, you know, these are very challenging times. And I know we're gonna segue into talking about COVID, but what is getting us through, like what is giving us life right now is the small acts of kindness. It's the people that came today and drove down from, they're from Atlanta. They drove down from San Diego to, Unbelievable. to bring us 40 quarts of vegan soup that they made, that they're traveling all around the world. Um, giving out soup to people as an act of kindness. You know, it's just and like, then and then somebody up. else walked in the door. We have um, 40 N95 masks and, you know, five containers of hand sanitizer for you guys because you're doing such great work in the community. So I was blown away. Yeah, so all of this is- And you guys know the, uh, the N95s are hard to get. I'm not talking about the K95s, the N95s. Right. So I'm taking them over. I'm, I'm going to take a box over to our local fire station. I mean, because they- they're having trouble getting them. And right. the guy comes in and brings us, brings us, I was like, I was blown away by that. This is the kind of stuff that's happening with this. It's, it's magical. Think, little corner, man. So, and, and it is a good segue. I think COVID has made almost everyone have to pivot and business owners. And I think you guys 
having the experience in the community have had to figure out a way to do that. You know, we do follow you guys on social media and some of the stuff that's being noticed by, you know, this vegan producing soup company uh, is because you guys, you know, distribute crates and pallets of food, you know, week after week. And, you know, the fact that you guys have lines in the neighborhood of all kinds of people, walks of life because COVID is impacting all kinds of people right now uh, with jobs and uh, rent and all of that. And you guys have figured out because of the connections that you've established before South LA Cafe. And now they have South LA Cafe, you're allowing these things to be connected. And now you guys are distributing and making this possible. Can you talk about some of that? Because that's, to me, I'm blown away the amount of things you're able to contribute despite not having to have a traditional cafe. You still have this focal point in the community that's still seen as a beacon of hope and of, of resources to, to the community. Well, you want to start on that day, the, yeah. the newspaper day, or that's when we, when we did our pivot, LA Times? Well, it was before that. It was when the mayor put out the word that, yeah, yeah. you know, restaurants and cafes were going to have to close inside operations. And what Joe's bringing up is since then, we've also been on the front cover of the Los Angeles Times and the Washington Post. And so we've gotten a lot of great visibility right. for our pivoting. And so I, we do have to say, you know, we have... 20 plus years of experience in business. And we also were a hundred percent almost wiped out in the 2008 crash. Right. Uh, so, so, you know, we felt this coming, we're coming up on our 10 year anniversary of our bankruptcy, where it's finally going to fall off of our credit report. And so you 30, know, day, 30 days, y'all. He keeps saying we're, That's fi- crazy. we're finally going to get back in the 800s with our credit. They just give it, give it two more months. <laughs> and so, you know, but to say we had to pivot literally overnight for those who are unfamiliar with us, we we've been working on opening up this cafe for a little under two years. And we finally opened it in November of 2019. And then to a raving. Yeah, it was huge Ugh. success out, you know, lines out the door, just, you know, making 10 percent increase every month on sales, you know, our biggest problem, people had to wait. Yeah. In four months of being open or five months of being open, we did 17 events. You know, we did a Kobe tribute day, you know, like a mental health awareness panel, social justice panel, art art stuff. So we really were um, living the vision that we had for the space of being a cultural center in addition to a coffee shop. And then we had our market, which our market was all, our whole business was our always created to be a response to being in the middle of a food desert. Right. right? And so for, if you're not familiar with South central, a, a lot of inner city communities, you know, unfortunately don't have investment by corporations and a lot of big box food chains. And so we don't have Ralph's, believe it or not, we don't have a Ralph's. We, have Ralph's. we don't have a Albertsons. <laughs> we don't have a, a Trader Whole Foods, Joe's, or- a Whole Foods, any of that kind of stuff that many listeners, that may be normal for them where they live. But here we have things like Food for Less or Smart and Final. That's what literally are considered. They're like, you have grocery stores and not to not to you know put them down, but they don't have all the stuff that you get at those other places. So when we created our, our place, it was very much meant to be an option where people could get fresh, healthy and affordable food. Right. And then when we had to pivot overnight, you want to talk about that? Well, how, how, when it happened, how it happened? Yes. We got that notice from the mayor and realized, you know, what are we going to do? So we went home and we started thinking. We Right away, we thought about, what was that? The online, the we, we online, set up online, the online uh, grocery market. We set up our online service. We set up our, our Joe app where people can actually order ahead of time and then we'll bring it to the curb. All of this we did. I mean, we were frantic. We did, we did it right away. And then we came up with an idea about a grocery box, a healthy grocery box. Before they started doing all this feeding all across the, the city, we actually thought about this grocery box. And you could, what you could do with the grocery boxes, and I, and I wanted to make it affordable. We got the bare minimums that could be uh, in a, making a meal for the week and then got to price it right. So we priced it at $35. That probably wasn't the best business side of me, <laughs> but I wanted to I wanted to make sure that, that people ordered it and people wanted and it, it would help people because uh, they couldn't because seniors couldn't get out. All this stuff was going through my mind. So we had to, we had to do that. So 
With that said, you could either buy one or you could sponsor one for a family. So we put all that out. I said, honey, let's get the website. Let's, let's get it going. Let's do it all right now. So we did it all. And I think that was on a Friday, Thursday or Friday. And then the, we were closed for the inside on Fridays and Saturday. And then we said, oh, you know, business dropped like 70%. Business did drop, just to say, business dropped 70% overnight. Yeah. We also had to furlough all of our staff all of our except staff, one employee. One. So the three of us for months, it was the three of us only working. Yeah, but I want to talk about yeah. that Sunday. So that <laughs> Sunday, after putting all this stuff together, we had to relax. We had to recoup. So I said, I'm, I'm gonna, we're gonna, we get a chance to sleep in on Sunday. We're taking the day off. So my phone, I forgot to turn off. So my phone is going beep, 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 beep. So those pages and beeps that I was getting at 4.30 in the morning were people actually buying the grocery box and sponsoring the grocery box. I was going, are you, it, we, it, we did a complete, uh, she could, she could, you can tell the rest of it. <laughs> Transitioning to a digital business overnight is overnight. incredibly difficult. I mean, I think any of us that work for a business right now have seen this transition to digital and it's been awkward for, for me and my business, for sure. I mean, the transition had a lot of hiccups in it. And I can only imagine for an operation uh, to be able to make that transition so quickly with so much demand must have been a lot of pressure. How did that go? Well, I have to take the credit on that one. So I, I have been, when I said uh, I had a full-time coaching and consulting firm, primarily it was all teaching online business. And so I was teaching people like you and others all around the world in large classes how to start online businesses so they could be work remotely. So the good news was we already had the infrastructure to be tech-enabled and uh, to, to be ready to go. So that was actually a great transition. It's actually one of the things I talk a lot about for people maybe who are listening in who are still trying to figure out sort of how to, how to make it with the business right now during COVID. The things that I've noticed that have, you know, made other businesses fail or thrive you know, is you want to make sure you, you have an uh, ability to have the email collection of your customers, right? So you can continue to email them, even if you don't have a brick and mortar, you want to be building your social media as well, you know, and you want to be able to collect money online. <laughs> and so one of the things we were able to do, like if people go to our website now, which I know you guys will link to, but it's just southlacafe.com. We made it really easy for people who wanted to help us to get involved. And we created a lot of different things they could do, right? So we say things like, you know, make a one-time donation or sign up to be a monthly supporter of $10 or more or just sponsor groceries. And there's buttons for each, of, about the monthly. each, each yeah. of those. And so we were very fortunate that out the gate, we got, you know, over 500 community members starting to give us $10 or more a month, you know, to keep our business going. And we started to get those boxes sponsored, but we also started to work with community partners on creating philanthropic ways to feed the community. So we started something we called the South LA Grocery Giveaway, which we just wrapped up. Uh, it's not wrapped up, but we just completed this last Wednesday, our 21st week of providing over 150 bags of free groceries to the community. And that's what um, Christian was referencing watching our lives. If you follow us on Instagram at South LA Cafe, you'll see not only do we post great stuff all the time, but every Wednesday we do an Instagram live and you can see we have community members lined up both in a pedestrian line and a, and car, a line. car line. They line up at two. If you're listening in and you're local, either come out and volunteer with us. If you want to volunteer with us, contact us. But also if you need food, know that every Wednesday at South LA Cafe, we're doing this food distribution where you can get in line or you put your car in line. And we started basically explaining to people, look, it's 35 bucks a bag. There's a hundred. It's, a sim it's similar, if not exactly what we put in our box. Yeah. It's so 30, they're it's getting a, a, a amazing, an amazing bag of groceries. It's a $35 bag 
and we're serving 150 people. So you can do the math on that. It, it's close to $5,000 a week. And we got a great jump start because we started off the first four weeks with a grant from Cedar sinai That was a pilot program right. to do 600 bags and feed 600 people. And then after that first month, they didn't continue on with us. But we were so committed to doing the work that we just figured we're going to find a way and we're going to, you know, put the word out there. And so the way that we've been able to make it now to 21 weeks, which is, you know, several thousands of um, local families being fed has been by our hustle and our grit of asking people to support our work. Right. And so for the people listening right now, if you're feeling moved, if you're feeling like, compelled and inspired by what we're doing just know we're just like you we're literally a, a, a husband and wife duo that are not millionaires that live in south central because i know they're wondering like how are we doing this 21 weeks yeah and you we're know, in and, the middle of covid and we set it up so people can like i said give ten dollars a month give a one lump sum just sponsor a 35 dollar grocery box all on our website at southlacafe.com but also People like LAFC, that's how we got into partnership with them because they decided they wanted to do a full week with us. And they've done multiple full weeks with us. Well, that's... Uh, he dropped the mic on that one. Did you see that? <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's incredible. I mean, at five grand a week, 21 weeks, well over $100,000 worth of food donated to the community. The effort it takes to source that, prepare that, coordinate that for just two people to be running that much is an absolutely astounding amount of effort when you guys are also running a business and lives and dealing with a <laughs> pandemic on top of that. I mean, that is so much for one couple to do that is really, really impressive. And Thank I think you. obviously it, it comes from a passion and an emotion from the two of you uh, that really pours out. So describe a little bit more, since obviously this is an LAFC-centric podcast, what the partnership with LAFC was like, how did that start with the people you worked with, and how instrumental they've been to helping aid the process. And of course, for all our listeners that want to help aiding the process, please, 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 at South LA Cafe on social media, southlacafe.com, uh, facebook.com forward slash South LA Cafe, anything you can do to follow, spread the word, and help, please, please do so. But I'm curious to hear about this partnership with the black and gold. To be honest, it's, it feels like we go way back. You know how it is when you have a relationship. I really feel like I know them, like like on a real super personal level, because they've been in our house. They came, they've come out here and they've volunteered. You know, she'll go into the details of how it started and all that. But I want to just say about how it felt when they got here. They didn't come and take over. They just came in and became a part of the family here. The preparation, they were here the whole day, you know, it was just more of what can we do? And they worked hard. I mean, I, I thought I had to ask Celia, are we paying them? <laughs> because <laughs> they're over there sweating, you know, and, it, and just, it, it was just, a, it was a lovely day, that first day and yeah. then the second day. And then there's more people they reached out to that have been volunteering just on their own since, which is wonderful. So, and we cannot, we absolutely cannot do this without the support of this community and, and people like LAFC. We, we, yeah. we, we absolutely cannot. So, I mean, as I, you, I'm very grateful. As you can imagine, the LAFC and the LAFC Foundation, right, is a massive organization. You know, they have a lot of moving pieces. They also have a lot of money coming through and out and doing a lot of things with that. And so for them to think in the midst of all of that, yeah. my understanding is, you know, really wanting to support local businesses that are doing good right here in the community where the stadium is and where the fans are based and all of that. That's what you want from corporations. That's what you want from large organizations, right? Is for them to have that awareness of, you know, we can't just be here and be exploitative of this community. We have to give back to this community. And I think that's why they have such the diehard fans and community that they have because they really do appreciate where they exist in Los Angeles and they appreciate the people that love them and support them as if they're family. And so when they reached out to us, 
it wasn't just we want to write you a check and can you like put right, you know tag right. us on social media right, or right. you know put out a good press release say we want to be a part it of was what you're you know doing. hey we're gonna bring 15 people <laughs> and we're Kid gonna you, you know roll our sleeves up and we're gonna you know help you sweep mop lift boxes pack boxes distribute boxes and not for the glory of it, but just for the good work and the goodwill that it does in the community. And so we did that one time. We did that a second time. I think we've done it at least three times now. I know we're still in communication regularly about working together in the future. And they still um, have people from their, their friends of friends that have still come yeah, out and volunteered. Many, many of the volunteers continue to come back. And we continue to have conversations, the hard conversations, the tough conversations about, you know, what is the role of LAFC in the community and, you know, what can they be doing or should they be doing to continue to support the local economy and support the local people who live, you know, in the neighborhood. And I I just became a bigger fan because LAFC won me over because there's other sports teams around here. And you guys know it, but they won me over by the way they really genuinely wanted to come in and serve the community. That they, I, I'm, I'm a fan forever now. I do also so. want to say they also worked with us with Frontline Foods. Oh, yeah, Front, I forgot Frontline about that. Foods yeah. is another great um, organization that helps support local businesses that um, create food and, and meals. And so um, in collaboration with LAFC and Frontline Foods, they worked with us to create some of these delicious vegan meals that we make that people <laughs> would never know are vegan. And they're so good. Uh, and, yeah, sh- and we, don't tell them <laughs> And we together. Because I had a guy say, whoa, this is some good chicken. And I was going, okay. <laughs> Ignorance is bliss, I suppose. Exactly. Exactly. You know, uh, some of our adversaries, fiercest supporters often refer to us as gentrification FC based Mm -hmm. on the location of our stadium and a certain cross-section of our ownership or fan base that might be viewed as elite. You have some intimate experience in in working with this club on the front lines. And what would you say to those fans 17 miles down the road that would refer to us as gentrification FC? They they haven't been in the neighborhood. No, go ahead. Well, no, you can say whatever you want. I just said, ooh, because I think that, you know, you're throwing us into the into the midst of the battle here. You yeah. know, I, I can only speak to our personal experience, right? That's all that's all you can do sometimes in politics is personal. Uh, and, and so and, and with that said, that those folks come in and be around the community and maybe you can you can see more. What I was gonna say is that I haven't um, from what I've seen. The people who have come out are diehard for the community, predominantly POC, people of color on the team. The woman who uh, led the team that works with us is beautiful woman of color, very powerful, very brilliant. Um, Tons of women on the team. And yes, uh, uh, so-called gentrifiers, in theory, also are on the team, but they were like a lot of people who come and work with us, you know, they're not from the neighborhood. They're not familiar with the work that we do, but they're willing to get in and do the work and learn and ask questions and maybe be quiet and learn from following other people that are leading ahead of them. And, you know, these are complicated, in my opinion, these are complicated issues. It's not a yes or no, you know, black or white kind of thing. And any sports team, You have so many fans, you know, you're going to have such a diverse amount of opinions. And so we can only speak from our our personal experience and and not be able to advocate one way or the other. But to just say that our personal experience has been nothing but positive. And just last for me on that is if you are a gentrifier, you are a gentrifier. You live in you live or work or, or reside in the community. But at the end of the day, what are you going to do now? That's the question is, so so what are you going to do about it? You know, are you going to just, you know, perpetuate negative practices or are you going to try to right the wrongs? Uh, And I I think that um, whatever people might say about whether or not they're gentrifiers, all we can say is that our experience with them has been nothing but righting any wrongs and really putting their um, money behind their values. 
So how can a fan get involved with you? What would that kind of charity work look like? What is the best way that they can reach out to you? Is it through SouthLAcafe.com? Is there a better place for someone who has been moved by your story and wants to participate? What would they be doing and how can they participate? Oh, now you have 30,000 people calling us, which is not, a, I guess. A good I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> This is usually my my pitch, so I'll ju- uh, I'll jump in on this. We have really tried to make it so easy. Yeah. So again, we're just South LA Cafe. If you put that in the Google search, you will find any and everything you need to know about us, our backgrounds, every single article, every single video open is book. up there. It's we're a completely open book and we're completely accessible, only for people who have the highest good for the community and for us, we're not interested in haters. We're not interested in any negative energy. We don't have time or space for any of that. And so if you don't like what we stand for, if you're not down with our mission, it's all good. We don't have any issues with that, but we're not inviting you into our space. (laughs) Um, But for everybody else, I would just say, dig deep. You know, you might be sitting at home and be thinking, this sounds so amazing, but I don't even live in Los Angeles or, you know, I have no way to get involved in anything that they're doing. And that is absolutely not true. You can go to our website and you can learn about us. You can spread the word. You might know someone who's a reporter. You might know someone who works at a a network. You might know somebody who um, works at a foundation that wants to um, give us a grant. We also have a 501c3. And so we can both work with people on a foundation level with grants, and we can also work with people through our for-profit. And so the really the sky's the limit. And if you were to want to come and volunteer, we're going to have you do anything and everything. So you just got to be prepared, prepared to jump in. Um, you might have to put the gloves on. <laughs> you definitely put the gloves and on. And mop the bathroom but (laughs) (laughs) but it's all good it's all it's all we're all working together for a common cause but i won't ask you to do anything that i wouldn't do so there you go um you got to clean bathrooms i mean yeah you do (laughs) so uh what about what's on the horizon for you guys what are things that you guys have planned down the line whether it's in the next few months or especially with the holiday season coming up thanksgiving christmas what are some of the initiatives that you guys are looking to to reach out for for help whether it's volunteering hours or donations or sponsorships some yeah. of the stuff we have on the horizon, do we have to have yeah. them sign an NDR? Or NDA. NDA? <laughs> huh? Well, we do have some really big things. We, well, we could say there's, um, as I've counted it, there's 11 weeks left in the year. And so we are definitely doing 11 more uh, South LA grocery giveaways. Two of those will be holiday themed. and we If will... I have to whip out my credit card, we're, it's going to get done. Yeah, and we <laughs> would like to provide on those two holiday themed days uh, turkey and fixins. Yes. Uh, and so if you have access to turkeys <laughs> or, or, or any kind, yeah. what are not live though, um, <laughs> we'll, we'll take them. Uh, and if you have any, um, access to resources where you want to support local families during a time where it's going to, you know, gonna they're going to need it the most, that would be the immediate need. Um, like we said, those donations, it does $5,000 a week is a lot of money, y'all. And, you know, somehow we hustle and we make it happen. So don't worry if you're listening in, you're like, all I can give is 10 or 35, then that is going to go or a long $1. way. But if you could give a thousand, if you can give 10,000 or whatever, that'll go a long way too. And just to say in 2021, we have huge plans. We are in negotiation on working on some of the plans of breaking ground on some future locations in South Central. So that you heard it here first. I yeah. think that's a, you just got exclusive uh, news, ex- guys. Exclusive news. There will be um, some NDA. future uh, South really... LA cafes coming. And we're launching our foundations. Yes. So we're launching our South that's LA key. community foundation as well that will not only be working on food justice programs, but will also be working on um, local economic development, both on um, workforce development and businesses. And as Joe said, homelessness as well. So we're, we're, we're just starting. And guess what? We're coming up. We haven't even hit our one year anniversary. And hold on for a second. I have no idea how you guys find time to do all this. Do you live in a world where there's like 35-hour days or something? This is uh, an insane amount of work for two people. 
Well, you know, it's, it, I don't know. We're, we're like insane geniuses. Have you ever met those uh, like CEOs and founders of companies and you're like, they're a little bit weird, but like they're amazingly brilliant. Joe can only sleep for two hours a day. Yes. It, Joe, for those. If you can describe that to your, your listeners. They can't even. And we are the, seeing the Dream Big 2020 Trophy at Awards, Dream Big Awards here, presented to South the, LA Cafe. Wow. From the U.S. Chamber of Commerce. Yes. So the, and you, key word, United States. Yes. So not just little Los Angeles or California. I could, I am, my voice is still, I'm still healing from the yelling. When congratulations. I that's amazing. That's, that's amazing. Massive. We are the number one emerging business in the United States. So that, that is no small thing, right? That is, it's bam. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to drop the mic on that, y'all. That's absolutely amazing. Again, folks, please, 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 SouthLACafe.com, at SouthLACafe on your social medias. Um, please chip in and help out. These are some wonderful people doing some wonderful things for our community. Uh, and obviously people that are motivated to continue this because it is where they come from. It's who they are. And making it a better place is clearly something that is important to all of us. So any way we can help out, and this seems like a wonderful avenue to do so. Thank you two so much for coming on the show today. Before we let you go, we do have one final question for you. Uh, it is our question that we ask every single guest, and it is, please, what does shoulder to shoulder mean to you? Shoulder to shoulder. We're, we're rubbing shoulders as we're thinking of our answer here. We're shouldering and shouldering. To me, it yes. means we're all in it together. Yes. Uh, which I think is a, a saying that we've heard so much during this uh, crucially, uh, you know, traumatic and yet unifying time that we're living in right now is we're shoulder to shoulder. We're sister and brother. We're all part of one family and we're in this this life together and so we got to do the work and it means to me because you know I, the the soccer part of it it's you, you're building your wall but you build the wall of all faces that's what it means to me god i'm gonna get a little emotional here <laughs> it's okay all right. Amen. those are absolutely brilliant answers uh, again we sincerely appreciate you coming on the show moreover we are absolutely flabbergasted by everything that the two of you do and continue to do for this community. Uh, in the heart of South Central, a name, a name, what's in a name? It's South LA Cafe. Remember it because it is the number one up and coming business in the United States. So um, absolute, absolute hats off to you guys who have taken this terrible situation that is 2020 and found a way to make it into something impactful, meaningful, and truly beautiful. So thank you for that. Thank you. thank you guys, man. It's wonderful. Keep doing what you're doing. Well, thank we you so will. much for, for joining us today. On behalf of Chris Christian, sound engineer Wilton, and myself, Jonathan, thank you guys so much for listening today. And take us home, Sticks. They won't need to stop, but I ain't. Come to my house, I'll defend that bank.